When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What, you don't believe the air is flat? Oh, it's a pretty hard <laughs> thing to sell, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think it's flat. <laughs> You've got a point. Just call me Mulder. I want to believe. Did you buy that, Bob? <laughs> You'll believe anything. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable with me, your host today, Tiz. With me as always, my co-hosts, introduce yourself. Beef. Says Bob Shoy. <laughs> Bob! <laughs> we're going we're gonna to ride straight into this one. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much to cover. Are we riding onto the horizon? So- oh. <laughs> So much to cover. There's this basically this video that we're gonna play and stop. Are we gonna watch the whole off. one hour thirty six? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually remember different points in the video this time? Because Becca listened to Sacred Geometry the other day, and she's like, "Tis didn't even know what parts of the video he needed to play." I was like, "Yeah, that's why it took two episodes." <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's do this. Go. From the beginning of recorded history, and for thousands upon thousands of years. Cultures across the entire world all believed the Earth was flat. Their various cosmologies and cosmogenies differed in slight ways, but their overall geographies and astronomies were incredibly consistent and, in fact, virtually identical. The Earth was a stationary plane, void of any motion or curvature, flat across its entire expanse, except, of course, for hills, mountains, and valleys. The North Pole was the magnetic monopole center point of the flat Earth, with Polaris, the North Pole star, situated directly above. Polaris was the only motionless star in the heavens, with all the other constellations revolving perfect circles over the Earth every night. The stars were divided into two categories, known as the fixed stars and the wandering stars. The fixed stars were so-called because they were observed then, as we can observe today, to stay fixed in their constellation patterns night after night, year after year, century after century, never changing their relative positions. The wandering stars, what are today referred to as planets, were so-called because they were observed then, as we can observe today, to wander the heavens, taking their own unique spirograph-like patterns, making both forward and retrograde motions over and around the Earth during their cycles. The sun and moon 
were both of equal size, and they too revolved over and around the motionless earth, as immortalized in the Chinese yin-yang symbol. The sun and moon were much closer to earth than supposed nowadays, and each shined with their own unique opposite lights, the sun's being warm, golden, drying, preservative, and antiseptic, and the moon's light being cold, silver, damp, putrefying, and septic. The sun and moon, as though connected to a magnetic maypole, made alternating spiral journeys over and around the earth every year. The sun began its journey at the Tropic of Capricorn at the winter solstice, where it made its fastest and largest circle over the earth. The moon had a similar yearly path revolving over and around the earth, but unlike the sun, which constantly changed its speed to keep a consistent 24-hour day, the moon's speed never changed. So depending on its latitude, the moon was observed then, as we can observe today, to take approximately 24.7 to 25 hours per cycle. This is why at different times and places during each month, we can see the moon in the morning, afternoon, or night. This is also the origin of old fairy tales, such as the hare and the hedgehog, or the tortoise and the hare. So for ancient man, Earth and Polaris were the two immovable center points of the universe, around which the sun, moon, and other stars all revolved in a dome-like shape. Some cultures believed in a literal, physical, solid dome or firmament to which the fixed stars were bound. The southern circumference of Earth was surrounded by a gigantic wall of ice, 150 to 200 feet above sea level, holding the interconnected oceans in like a world cup. Beyond the ice wall, some cultures claimed a firm barrier existed through which no human could penetrate. Other cultures believed there were entire worlds and other civilizations existing beyond the Antarctic ice. <laughs> I was going to make a point. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized, hang on a sec, I haven't stopped to make a point yet. So the point I'm going to make seems um, almost nonsensical, because I'm just going to comment on that last thing, but there's a lot to have commented on. Okay. All I was going to say is, when they get to that wall, yeah. what's that wall made of? Ice. No, he said beyond the ice, there's like a... Fuck. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> That's you can't what you can do. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's what ancient cultures believed, apparently. Right. Mm. Mm. But. Okay, so. We haven't actually said topic is flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> you should have got it it's by now. It's pretty obvious. If, if the earth is flat. This is panicking because I'm going to throw things at him. Oh, no, I'm not bothered. Okay. I don't believe it. If the Earth is flat... <laughs> I'll just do an episode about it. Then is he saying all the stars and everything are flat? He's not saying all the stars So are why are we the only one that's flat? Why are we the only one with life on it? Because oh, we're flat. Exactly. <laughs> it's like he's got us. He got you. Because <laughs> Jupiter, <laughs> you can't land except on the bottom of Jupiter. Except, except you don't got us. Yeah. Yeah, maybe um, they look like cylinder. They look like spheres. I mean, but it, just does, flat it does make discs. complete sense that everyone would would think it was flat, and you know they don't have access to the kind of technology that we do now to see that it's not. Did you know? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds the thing. I was right, I was reading the news today, and you know, Bob. What the singer Bob, yeah, yeah, yeah. rapper? He's like a rough oh. flat earthist, right? He's like a massive flat earther. 
He's got a GoFundMe page to send a satellite into space to find out if the Earth's around oh, or not. He, like, yeah, but there's already been done. in space. <laughs> it's it's been in None have been sent up. Doesn't like trust any of them. If it went up and proved it around, he would then be like, someone, someone got in there and like. Oh, of course, <laughs> it'd be a get out. <laughs> you can um, just just while this is just while we're talking about this, mm. um, a student showed me at school this week. It's quite cool. If you go on YouTube, there's a constant live feed to NASA, mm-hmm. um, to the ISS, um, which, like, obviously, if you watch it for a long time, it's quite boring. But it's <laughs> but, it's disclaimer. But he's, it's quite boring. It's quite boring. But if you, but it's quite it's quite cool to watch. But that, I mean, it, isn't that all staged by NASA? It's clearly isn't that staged by Stanley Kubrick by NASA? Yeah, it's just a camera pointing at a cinema screen. Stanley Kubrick never died. NASA just took him and made him like direct all their space voyages. Why from now would on. you? I don't understand why he. If if he wants to send us out like space, go for it. But Kubrick, I think you'll find it's already been done. No, the uh, <laughs> right. no, the, you'll find the rap hundreds. Oh, bob. Yeah, but he doesn't trust other satellites. He doesn't believe they exist because the but other this satellites is, would have this to. This is like I know this is my catchphrase. But what, what would what would people have to gain from lying and saying, "Well, it's it is round," and trying to hide that it's flat? Well, Why? what for? We'll get into that. Okay, okay. we'll get into that. But if he sends a satellite up, how can a satellite revolve around something that isn't round? Is it just going to fly? Up yeah, what's he going to do? Well, it's either going to be orbiting, or it's either. But it's not going to go orbit up. anything, is it's it? Just it's just going to go up and show you a picture of what? Just a bird's eye view of like a Google Map version of where he is. I think it will hit anywhere, the barrier. That barrier they were talking. Surely, about. if it was flat Earth, it wouldn't go. <laughs> and if it's a barrier, doesn't that the sun's got to shine through it? So wouldn't that magnify yeah. it? Um, well, you don't know what it's made of. Is it, is it, so he, thinks <laughs> it, he thinks it's like a dome. Kind of. A, a lot. Uh, some people think it's a petri dish. That this earth is a petri dish. Right. What? Okay. So like a. See, like I can a, get more on that. That's like the Simpsons episode where Lisa grows to have people in the tooth. <gasps> Tiny little people. My God, I've created life. Lisa, breakfast! We're having waffles! Ooh, waffles! That's mm. it. And they're living in Pitcher a country. Dish. Yeah, yeah. That's a Halloween episode. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not actually, it didn't actually happen. Actually, none of the Simpsons ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Yeah, I, I just... I, I find it mind-boggling <laughs> that people even believe this is a thing. This this video is the most convincing video I've found. But it's so dry. He's not, like, saying... I need someone to talk to me on my level because I, I listen to him and I zone out a bit because I'm like, you're just telling me something because you believe it mm. and it's so hard-dyed fact to you. You're delivering it like an encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. I need someone to be like, oi, you know this? You need Brian Cox. <laughs> no, I don't need Brian oh, mate, Cox. The, yeah, it's well flat. <laughs> believe me. I need Danny Dyer's guide. <laughs> what, lads? Yeah, it's flat and that's the end of that. It's going you know that round earth thing? It's a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the only round I want to get is a round of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Should we delve back in? I'm going to try and find okay. a bit of a... I want, I want something that's going to flip my lid. Mm. I'll be honest, Tiss. I'm, I'm not convinced, and I'm not convinced I'm going to be convinced. Yeah, this stuff. The yin yang thing was quite cool. That was interesting. That was the a, image of the yin yang. I didn't yang. understand that. But all but, the stuff about solstice, I was like, what are you on about? 
Uh, there's a there's a lot more cool stuff, like believe me. Um <laughs> like believe me. This is all about actually this this goes into Like believe me. <laughs> believe me, Black. <laughs> Let's do this. The first person in recorded history to ever claim that Earth was anything but the flat, motionless center of the universe was a Greek mathematician and philosopher named Pythagoras of Samos around 500 BC. I've heard of him. Presented more as a thought experiment than a complete cosmology, Pythagoras posited that if the Earth were a spherical globe turning on its vertical axis once per day while revolving annually around a stationary sun, that this model could also equally explain the cyclical motions of the heavenly bodies. This heliocentric model was taught to initiates at Pythagoras's Cretona school, but never became popular or had an influence outside of Greece for another 2,000 years. A century later, another Greek mathematician and philosopher named Plato also espoused a spherical Earth cosmology, except he claimed the Earth globe to be the motionless center of the universe, with the sun, moon, and stars revolving around. His most famous student, Aristotle, also wrote about this geocentric globe-Earth cosmology in his book On the Heavens, offering three main points of evidence for his theory. Firstly, Aristotle noted that when sailing away from an observer on shore, ships approaching the horizon disappeared from view of the hull before masthead, and he postulated that this occurrence was due to the curvature of the Earth. Aristotle argued that the hull disappeared first because beyond the horizon, the globe Earth curved downwards, causing the hull and eventually the masthead and entire ship to drop below the curvature. Today, we can easily prove that Aristotle was incorrect in his assumption by using telescopes, binoculars, and zoom cameras. Once a ship whoa, 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 is completely yeah, disappeared... We can prove the Earth isn't round by zooming in on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So why can't we see forever? If you could zoom... Well, there's one, one, well. Thing, one, one thing that <laughs> annoys get into that. One thing. Okay. He's quoting philosophers. Yeah. But philosophers aren't, they're not scientists. Yeah. They, they ponder. Yeah. Their job is to ponder, so. Yeah. But, but wait a minute. Why does, I know he's not really unleashed at this, but yeah, that yeah. doesn't prove. No, that, sorry, to explain to listeners, there's a blurry <laughs> image of a boat on the horizon with a rock. It was quite it, a bad camera. No, but you got to wait until he explains himself. He hasn't been like, okay. He isn't just going to look at Okay, I just, I'll be honest. No, he's I not just going to be like, wait for this. I am right on the edge of my pillow. I'm right. <laughs> Modern technology allows us to zoom in and bring the entire vessel, hull and all, back into full view. This proves that ships do not disappear hull first due to the alleged curvature of the Earth and that the horizon line is in fact merely the vanishing point of perspective from a given observer's point of view. <laughs> Do you know how gradual the curvature of the Earth is? It's not like you can see a distance on the length of a boat. <laughs> no it's way. not like it's suddenly the front had dipped over yeah. the horizon. There's no point where that will ever happen because it's such a gradual curve. Dude, come on. <laughs> Excuse me? A baking powder? <laughs> but wait, you gotta wait. You gotta listen to all Mate, the facts. I can't get into this. No, I can't. I am no, into it. I mean, no, let me let me say this again. I can get into the. What, video, you don't believe the earth is flat? <laughs> oh, it's a pretty hard thing to sell, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I'll, but, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think it's flat. No, but. <laughs> You've got a point. <laughs> but but his move. his point is that I mean even if you I remember getting in the cockpit of a plane when mm-hmm. we were going on holiday yeah. mm-hmm. 
That, which is it was like 38,000 feet in the air. And you still can't... You can oh, well, barely you see that it's, it's... It has to be a bit further away than how far your, your camera can zoom in on your phone. Well... <laughs> Well, 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 does it? Yes, we'll it find does. out. Okay, you can't just okay. kill it off. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, yeah. no, let me let me rephrase that. I don't. Want, I am well into this. This is exciting. I'm, I'm really interested in knowing why people yeah. think this. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like anything's going to come into me. No. If it does, if I come out the other end of this as a flat earther, yeah. Well, smack my bottom because that's <laughs> the earth I'm is flat enough right now. And Shakespeare didn't if live. As Aristotle supposed, the beginning of the Earth's curvature. The horizon is subjective and varies in distance depending on the weather, the observer's height, and the strength of his eyesight or instruments. As noted previously, the horizon actually rises to the eye of the observer no matter how high he climbs, which also proves that the horizon line is not some objective point of curvature on a convex Earth but rather the subjective vanishing point of perspective from a given observer's point of view. Aristotle's second point of evidence offered for his spherical Earth theory was the Earth's round shadow cast on the moon during lunar eclipses. Mm -hmm. To this day, heliocentrists still offer this argument as proof of a spherical Earth, claiming that during lunar eclipses, the sun, Earth, and moon align in a perfect 180-degree syzygy like three billiard balls, causing the sun to cast the Earth's shadow onto the moon. This clever but faulty assumption is rendered completely invalid, however, due to the fact that lunar eclipses have happened and continue to happen regularly when both the sun and moon are still visible together above the horizon. As early as the time of Pliny the Elder, there are records of eclipses happening while both the sun and moon were visible in the sky and continue to be recorded by the Royal Astronomical Society today. Obviously, if the sun and moon are both observable simultaneously during an eclipse, then they are not aligned in a 180-degree syzygy, <laughs> and it is therefore it's impossible like the that the sun could be casting Earth's shadow. Sorry, I might be being ignorant here. But is his proof that there used to be eclipses with the sun and the moon in the sky based on the old pictures? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> no. I think some of the images are just there for like. But what document? He says there's documentation that this happened, and then he showed pictures like oh, basically cave paintings. Like that can be fiction. You guys get a face value and assume he knows everything. <laughs> yeah, but also I still can't get past the fact that he he is going up against like Plato, who are ancient philosophers why isn't he going up against modern science this is like um a video version of a comment section at the bottom of a, <laughs> a, of a in-depth like scientific yeah, yeah. study and they're like oh he didn't think of this and they're like it's just some bloke in his bedroom not yeah. saying this is this bloke doesn't know anything but this is what it feels like to me telling a scientist he got something wrong and yeah. it's like where's where's your diploma yeah but like i don't want to i don't want to be negative i know we're only like 20 minutes in whatever and i'm being negative mm. Um, I do genuinely want to hear the arguments, so I don't just want to keep batting it down. Yeah, right. I'm willing. I'm willing. I want the to Earth believe. is flat, though, so the science has to be there. Just call me Mulder. I want to believe. Another explanation, in fact, already existed in many cultures around the world, who posited that a third celestial body known as Rahu or the Black Sun also existed, equal in size to the Sun and Moon. This translucent dark body passed afront the sun and moon during solar and lunar eclipses, causing their lights to dim. 
Aristotle's final point of evidence offered for his spherical Earth theory was the appearance of Polaris and other stars to gradually decline overhead as an observer travels southwards. He argued that the gradual declination and eventual disappearance beyond the horizon of certain stars and constellations as one traveled southwards was evidence that the observer was traveling over a convex curved surface. Similar to the ship's disappearing over the horizon argument, Aristotle posited that the horizon line was the literal curvature of his spherical Earth, and the stars which declined and disappeared beyond it became invisible because a mass of curved Earth existed between them and the observer. In actual fact, however, the gradual declination of objects in the sky towards the horizon is merely a product of the law of perspective on plane surfaces. As any art student of point perspective knows, the human eye views the world in a pyramidal shape so that when looking down a long hallway, the floor appears to rise, the ceiling appears to sink, and the walls appear to narrow into a point at the center of the observer's view. When the sun, moon, airplanes, or clouds appear to sink towards the horizon as they move away from us, they are in fact maintaining the same altitude, except they are moving away from you, and so the law of perspective makes them appear to sink. A century after Aristotle, around 250 BC, yet another Greek mathematician and philosopher named Eratosthenes made his claim to fame with a new alleged proof of the spherical earth. Eratosthenes noted that at noon during the summer solstice at Seyenne, the sun cast no shadow and the rays could reach straight to the bottom of his well. Yet meanwhile, in Alexandria, a vertically standing metal rod cast a significant shadow. By factoring the length of the shadow with his assumed distance to the sun, Eratosthenes recorded a measurement of Earth's circumference close to what heliocentrist astronomers still use today. The fact of the matter is, however, that Eratosthenes' calculations were made assuming the sun to be millions of miles away so that its rays would fall perfectly parallel even in points as divergent as Cyan and Alexandria. This faulty premise led to his faulty conclusion, which was eventually exposed upon the invention of the nautical sextant. Using sextants and plane trigonometry, by measuring the sun's angle at two points on Earth simultaneously and factoring their distance from each other, the Pythagorean theorem reveals both the height and dimensions of the sun. Using this method, the sun and moon have repeatedly been calculated to be approximately 32 miles in diameter, 3,000 miles from the surface of the Earth. Go on. This is all well and good, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we were living, if we were living hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. and we had no idea, we hadn't explored space at all. Mm. Have we explored? Space? And someone put this theory out there. <laughs> I can understand people being like, "Oh, he's got a point." Yeah. But with the knowledge we have now, yeah. It's like, well, that's all well and good. You can put together these calculations. You can also put together the calculations that say it's round, like the ones that you're saying are factually wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. But you, if there's no proof to fall back on, then you've got his theories. Mm. So this is a theory, but we actually do have proof to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. So, and I get it. I, can I just ask? Mm-hmm. These flat earthers, does all their theories <laughs> basically come down to yeah, but I haven't seen it. Pretty much. Well, I know. I don't know. I, I, you can say- for me, that is the only reason I would be able to believe it, as I'd say, okay, I've never been to space. I've never... And do- I can't work out the Earth's curvature, so I can't prove it myself. And so, so far, this, I is, cannot this is... This is only, he's only referring to 
ancient mathematics, ancient science, ancient philosophy, which is fine, and we still refer and use a lot of that today mm. still, you know, Pythagoras, you know, but so far, I mean, fair enough, we're only 17 minutes in, but we haven't come to any kind of modern thinking yet, and that's my thing, is that you... Yeah, you have to, for you to see the Earth is round, you have to be off the planet. Yeah, you have to be in space and to like see what, it. Quite a way off the planet. Yeah, hmm. like I say, even on the ISS, I, which it. is thousands of miles away. But is that not filmed in a studio? This is exactly yeah, but I'm just being a flat earther. I'm just asking all the <laughs> questions <laughs> that they're going to ask because otherwise we're just going to agree. <laughs> it's just going to be like fucking. Okay, then my answer to that would again be what I say every time. Why would you? Why the conspiracy? Yeah. Because NASA. Let's, let's, let's forget the moon. NASA's let's a fake. People been on the moon for a minute. And let's just say that hasn't third, been. They did a celestial body that we've no never seen. Yeah, NASA, let's NASA's just a forget, made up. Like, pretend no one's been to the moon. Let's forget the moon for a moment. Okay. People have been to space. That no, they haven't. Happened. How? When? Who? How Who are they? these people? Present, you know, I want names. I want to meet these people. They could be corporate shills. They said they that JFK was killed by Oswald. I don't believe that either. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're talking about American government here. American government. Yeah, the, Russians, Russians, the Russians have been as well. Oh, yeah, because the Russians are trusted. Oh, yeah, because the Russians would definitely tell the truth. They probably thought, saw America go there and thought, oh, fuck, we've lost. We'll just pretend we went there as well. Has the any Britain Chinese. ever been to space? They're building a base in Bristol. Oh, great. <laughs> Tim Peake. Who's that? The, he, went to, he went to space, didn't he? Tim Peake? He was the Brit. He was the Brit. He went, like, last year. Is he the guy who took that big selfie from space? He went to space. Yeah, Tim Peake. Yeah. Anthony Peake? Sounds No, bollocks. Tim Peake. Sounds bollocks. Twin Peaks. <laughs> Tim Peake was a British. Is he the guy who took that selfie astronaut. from space? Yeah. Right. Nah. Yeah. How do you explain, do you explain the selfie? Uh, the same way I explained Transformers the movie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Interstellar. What? Go on. Interstellar. How do you explain Interstellar? Oh, no, nah, man, that's totally real. It was all filmed in. It's not real. It was all it's filmed. They went for a war pot. It looks real. <laughs> it looks like they actually went there. Yeah. Well, Sandra Bullock's been there as well. Right. You're telling me the Mad Damon was in another universe. Forget about it. He was in a studio, and so was that selfie guy. And the Earth's flat. So does this guy now just kind of like bang on about... He doesn't bang on. He's telling the truth on. <laughs> <laughs> He's facting on. He's facting on. Okay. We're going to see a lot of good really arguments. There's more good arguments. There's not think. just like, it's not going to dry up. It just goes on and on. Yeah, we can see for another like, like hour and a half. Yeah, hit us with an argument then, because I'm not buying this one. Okay. I want to find the one of perspective. I do okay. find this really interesting. Yes, by the so way, I, like I, I find it really interesting that people believe this, and he so believes it. Yeah. He's like blinkered. Oh, oh they said this. Well, their fact is wrong, Mister. Yeah, I love these memes that keep popping. Yeah, I know. Fast forward to 1522 AD. Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan became the first person in known history to successfully sail around the world. Right. This circumnavigation of Earth soon became and continues to be touted today as absolute proof of the spherical Earth theory. If Magellan was able to sail east to west around oh, the entire Chris world... Minute. I think I know what he's going to say. What? So he, that image he showed at the beginning of what it looks like as a disc, yeah. he, he, he went like that. In a circle, like if it was flat, it was like a circle like this. Yeah. 
But he didn't. Mate, you... <laughs> you could be a scientist Please, in this new earth. Because <laughs> you're, you're getting all the answers. Yeah, Return to his original like starting point. Surely the earth cannot be flat and must be a globe, right? Wrong. Just as a compass can place its center point on a flat piece of paper, trace a circle either way around, and return to its original starting point, so can a ship or plane circumnavigate a flat earth. The only kind of circumnavigation which could not happen on a flat earth is north-south bound, which to this day has still never been done. Never been done. Wait, what? Never been oh done. My north to okay. south has never been done. Does someone to do it? What? It's never been done. Yeah, they've north... never gone around like that. We're about to find out a bombshell of why. Well, <laughs> well because they can't fly above the Antarctic because uh, they'll fuck up with the ships. Oh, will it though? Ooh, a little bit of snow. Ooh. Did you buy that, Bob? <laughs> you'll, you'll believe anything. Both the North Pole and Antarctica are military-enforced no-fly and no-sail zones due to restrictions originating from none other than the United Nations, the same United Nations that haughtily uses a flat Earth map in their official logo and flag. This is the map. In 1543, just days before his death, Freemason and Jesuit Nicholas Copernicus published his book On the Revolutions of the Celestial Spheres, which revived the old heliocentric cosmology of Pythagoras and began the so-called Copernican Revolution away from a flat geocentric model and towards a global heliocentric model. Since his book claimed Earth to be a tilting, wobbling, spinning sphere revolving at breakneck speeds around a stationary sun, it was initially met with due incredulity. Copernicus always countered this by claiming his theories were merely hypotheses and shouldn't be considered truth. In his book, he even wrote, quote, The Pythagorean teaching was founded upon hypothesis, and it is not necessary that the hypothesis should be true or even probable. The hypothesis of... That's the, that, that's the basis of any... We said about this before. You can say <laughs> gravity is only a hypothesis. You can say that now. Someone could write that now, and a stupid person would read that and be like, Oh, look, gravity isn't even real. Even the scientist said it himself. Yeah. No, he just said that every scientific law is a theory. There's no way to prove a scientific law. So everything is a theory. Just like money isn't a thing, it's all a loan. Like if you have a banknote, it says, this is a loan from the Bank of England or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not an actual thing. You can't make a thing out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm not a smart person, but I've just talked circles around this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it... I I can't I can't engage with someone who who can't engage with modern things. It's like he couldn't get his in, head around in the, this for this argument. Anyway. He couldn't get his head around the scale of the Earth and how gradual that curve would have to be. That no, you can't just see it looking at the sea. No, no you can't see it from the length of a boat dipping over the other end of the horizon. No, you can't. That's insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. And also, and also, flying around the Earth, and he was like, no, they just they just went in a circle. So by that logic, I could fly do a boat around England and say England's a circle because I just went all the way around England and I came back to where I started. Yeah. And the whole earth is made of every country's a little bubble. England is flat, though. Yeah, on their own little planet. (laughs) What? England is flat, though. England's flat. Yeah. Well, it's a 3D rock structure. Yeah. (laughs) So you were saying about something a minute ago. We'll pick up on that. Right, okay. What was I saying a minute ago? The next champion of heliocentrism was English mathematician and astronomer, knighted Freemason and Royal Society President, Sir Isaac Newton. 
In 1687, Newton published his famous Principia Mathematica, which presented his idea of gravity to the world. Oh, the Glover my theory little, had long faced criticism for being good. Oh, it's because he's going to go into gravity. Impractical due to the natural physics of spinning spherical objects, namely that anything placed on their surface should immediately fall or fly off. How could people, buildings, and the great oceans remain perfectly stuck to a ball? Oh my life, I can't even. This hurts my head. The Glober theory needed a force that could keep everything in place somehow. A force strong enough to keep the oceans stuck to the earth. Oh, okay, I have to stop this. I can't cope. cope. (laughs) Stupid picture. (laughs) The picture of the water falling off the thing. Yeah, that's not how the planet. To listeners who are only hearing this, it's definitely worth watching this video, which will be on the website. Because the the memes that accompany the talk he's doing are yeah, right. the priceless dripping off. That's just like, what would happen if gravity didn't happen. Yeah, so they had to invent. Uh, he's saying they had to invent a force to st- keep all the idiots quiet. It's too yeah. stupid. Yeah. No, no, I want to hear this. I want to hear. <sighs> gravity is bullshit, mate. Just I get, want to hear why gravity is not to. real. Okay. A force strong enough to drag the entire atmosphere along with Earth's breakneck speed but weak enough to allow birds and That's bugs not how to gravity travel works. freely and unabated in all directions. That's so, yeah, not how gravity works. It says on the screen. It says, <laughs> like, like a condescending, uh, gravity. Huh. I'm doing it with the sort of cadence that they would have written on. Oh, strong enough to hold the oceans to a spinning ball. Oh, yet weak enough that birds can still fly. <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> That's not how gravity works. Doesn't work at all. It's fine. A force so strong it could make rain fall upwards and plants grow upside down, but yet so weak that it could not be detected by any contemporary methods. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. Is he saying that the, the, the Eiffel Tower is toppled down because it's because he's saying like where France is apparently if if it was a circle and France on the side, yeah, how is that staying upright? Huh? God, because the, the gravity is in the centre. It's not like because uh... he no, but he's saying this is his argument for why that it's not a circle. Okay. Gravity doesn't exist. So if it was so a circle, just, just on... we should all be falling off, and only the people on the top should be there. That's why it has to be flat. Because gravity, they just made up gravity to yeah. support this circular theory I just, I just to make can't, it make sense. I just can't. Okay, sorry, carry on. You're okay. Of (laughs) an invisible force able to act over vast distances led to him being heavily criticized for, quote, introducing occult agencies into the field of science. Previous to Newton's theory of universal gravitation, the natural laws of density and buoyancy already perfectly and adequately explained the world around us. For example, the reason a balloon filled with helium rises into the sky while a balloon filled oh. with air drops to the ground oh. is not because oh. Newton's mystical pulling force yeah. has an aversion to helium, but rather <laughs> simply because helium is lighter and less dense than the nitrogen, oxygen, and other elements which compose the air. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are absolutely dying. <laughs> I had to stop it. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I just can't it's too stupid! <laughs> Where's your gravity now, bro? Where's your fucking gravity now? Where's your gravity now? Dee Dee would watch this. 
<laughs> Fucking. <laughs> but I can't. You still can't answer where the gravity is on the balloon. <laughs> when he was talking, sorry, the thing that set us off. When he was talking, there was a guy holding a helium balloon, and he let go of it, and the balloon flew away into the sky. And the caption said, "Where's your gravity now?" Gravity in air quotes as well. There's gravity, right? <laughs> sorry. So it floats up. And conversely, a balloon filled with your carbon dioxide exhalation is heavier and denser than the air around it, so it falls down to the ground. If you blow a dandelion seed out of your hands, a substance just barely heavier than the air, it will float away and slowly but eventually fall to the ground. If you drop an anvil from your hands, something much heavier than the air, it will quickly and directly fall straight to the ground. This is not because gravity prefers anvils to dandelion seeds, but rather because it is the natural physics of buoyancy for objects less dense than the medium surrounding them to rise, while objects denser than the medium surrounding them to sink. This is the reason that raindrops fall down through the air, and air bubbles rise up through the water, because of their relative densities. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the mystical pulling force of spitting balls from Newton's imagination. Newton's theory allegedly when, upon seeing an apple fall from a tree at Woolsthorpe, as though no one in the history of humanity up to that point had ever seen a falling object and wondered why it fell, he had a veritable scientific epiphany. The apple fell not because it was heavier and denser than the air around it, but rather because a force at the center of the spinning ball earth pulled it to the ground. It can be both. Newton yeah, quickly got to work formulating his theory of universal yeah. gravitation, which he used to explain not only falling objects, but also orbiting celestial bodies. Newton claimed that the sun, moon, earth, planets, and stars, gravity, caused them to all orbit around the most massive nearby bodies. So not only was gravity fickle and selective about which objects it caused to fall and which it allowed to rise, gravity was also able to perform different functions on different scales. At the human scale, gravity allegedly caused people, buildings, and oceans to stick to the Earth, while at the planetary scale, gravity allegedly caused moons to orbit around planets and planets to orbit around because stars. Because it's a different kind of gravitational pull. never addressed this, but the question remains... How and why would gravity cause both planets to orbit the sun and people to stick to the Earth? Gravity should either cause people to float around in suspended circular orbits around the Earth, or it should cause the Earth, Moon, and planets to all be pulled and crash into the sun. The two effects are very different, yet the same cause is attributed to both. Sorry, can I just ask? I, I'm confused. Is he saying that because the Earth is flat, we there's no, no such thing as gravity because we just is flat. It's just so falling would... flat, yeah. Yeah, everything just falls flat. But I can't understand why that can't be the case. Yeah, why does that mean gravity? gravity there's not one or the other. No, you can still have gravity that's and still, flat Earth. It's theory. like yeah, that still makes sense. Things fall, but they fall to the center. Yeah, but if it's not true, if gravity is a lie, you can't just be like, "Oh, we'll leave it in." But it doesn't matter. Even if if gravity is a lie. It it's it has the same effect for flat earth theory as it does for round earth theory, because if yeah. gravity it didn't well, no, exist, what's he, he saying? It just you just we're just a disc, and then you drop something, it drops down. Yeah, that's it. Because it doesn't have to fall. If you're on the side of a planet, 
and you drop something, it should fall into space. Because we had that doesn't make sense if the if the world yeah. circle has to fall inwards. So we invented this thing that like yeah, everything's pulled to the center. So he's saying, well, if that's the case. How come a bird can fly away? How come it's not pulled to the thing? If if a building is pulled to the ground, yeah, and if the, because it's if the not sea a is pulled down, it's yeah, it's. I'm not a scientist. I can't explain it in a in a proper way, hmm. but I know what I mean. And listeners, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. Um, Doctor Elvis. He knows what I mean. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what else I was gonna. Ask, um, yeah, okay, I think that's kind of answered. We're gonna get on to another, another bit of, on, about or is he going deeper? I want one of these to really make me go, Ooh. why? I'm gonna say, sorry, this next one might. Why aren't we allowed that to one? go north over south? Oh, is this what we're coming oh. to? Oh, okay, sorry, okay. I thought we went past that. 1773, Captain Cook became the first modern explorer known to have breached the Antarctic. Sur- Captain Cook is a um, distant relative of Rachel, by the way. Did he believe around that? I don't know, let's find out. ...circle and reached the ice barrier. This expedition offered an exciting chance to find proof of either the flat or globe Earth models because Captain Cook intended to sail completely around Antarctica looking for inlets through the ice wall. If the Earth was indeed a globe 25,000 miles in equatorial circumference, as the heliocentrists claimed, then a complete circumnavigation of Antarctica would be approximately 12,000 miles. And if the Earth was flat, with Antarctica surrounding the entire circumference, a complete circumnavigation of Antarctica would have to take over 50,000 miles. During three voyages lasting three years and eight days, Captain Cook and his crew sailed a total of 60,000 miles along the Antarctic coastline, never once finding an inlet or path through or beyond the massive glacial wall. Captain Cook wrote, The ice extended east and west far beyond the reach of our sight, while the southern half of the ocean was illuminated by rays of light which were reflected from the ice to a considerable height. Was he not just <laughs> round and around and around it? <laughs> Disrespectful to Captain Cook. No, what's he saying though? What's he, what's he need an inlet for? Like to go to, through. To get wall. through so he can go around. So he can go around, yeah. He's trying to find We'd a way through. You have to through. go over it. It's a mass. You can't go through it on a boat. He's thinking that he could have through canals or whatever. No offence to your wife. No, but a hundred years ago as well. It was like a hundred years ago that he tried to do it, right? Yeah, maybe. So the, the, maybe longer. The mass of ice would have probably been longer. longer than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I think literally what he would have been doing is sailing around, around and around, and around it, looking for a way to f- swim f- to to sail to through, through it. it. That's like you could say about England. Yeah. You'd be like, I went all around England looking for a way through it on my boat. And all I can gather is that England is so big, it surrounds the entire globe. Yeah. Well, I, I took it down the Thames. Round Earthers go so far. Round Earthers thinking they know more than Captain Cook. Later voyages by Captain James Clark Ross and Captain George Nares in the 19th century further confirmed Cook's findings. Ross's expedition spent four years and five months in heavily armoured warships, failing to find an entry point beyond the southern glacial wall. It's because you're on a boat! And Ayers spent over three years circumnavigating Antarctica, <laughs> taking an admittedly indirect course, but clocking in nearly 69,000 miles total. You can't go through if an island on a boat! truly was the tiny ice continent claimed by globe-earth proponents, all of these expeditions would have ended years sooner. 
Sorry. I'll be honest. So they're trying to go round it to go round and then up, round north. But they couldn't go round it. Every time they go round, they how just go they round. How do they know? Yeah, earth. how do they know? Where, because they're... Don't forget. Breadcrumbs. Don't forget their recording, their equipment for navigating Bloody would have been incredibly and also, unsophisticated. Rely on a lot, a lot of magnetism, right? Yeah. Which is fucked up at the at the thing. You can't rely on your compass when you're at the pole. That's what round earth has been saying for you. That's what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Wow. Round earth, I'm proud. Ralpha. Ralpha. Yeah, I just this is this is just silly. It's believable. But did someone ever... Did no one ever try it on a plane? It's a no-fly zone. A no-fly zone, yeah. Oh, Castro. right. Oh. Because the weather's so oh. bad that if you try and fly over it... In addition to this, many Antarctic explorers, including Captain James Clark Ross and Lieutenant Charles Wilkes, using projection maps, wrote in their journals perplexed at how they routinely found themselves out of accordance with their charts, stating that they found themselves an average of 12 to 16 miles outside their reckoning every day, later on further south, increasing to as much as 29 miles per day. These huge discrepancies experienced by explorers the further south traveled are usually attributed to increasingly strong storms, winds, and currents. But if that were the case, they should have just as often found themselves ahead of their reckoning, which they never did. In 1783, the hot air balloon was invented, and for the first time in recorded history, people were able to float miles above the Earth's surface and see for themselves once and for all whether or not the Earth was flat or a globe. To many people's astonishment, as high as they rose, the horizon remained perfectly flat 360 degrees around them and rose to the level of their eyes all the way up. Jay Glacier wrote in his Travels in the Air that, quote, On looking over the top of the car, the horizon appeared to be on level with the eye, and taking a grand view of the whole visible area beneath, I was struck with its great regularity. All was dwarfed to one plane. It seemed too flat. M. Victor Emmanuel, another hot air balloonist, wrote that, quote, Instead of the earth declining from the view on either side, and the higher part being under the car, as is popularly supposed, it was the exact opposite. The lowest part, like a huge basin, being immediately under the car, and the horizon on all sides rising to the level of the eye. As stated previously, this is only possible on a flat plane. So there for a little, a little brain. I'll be brain. honest, right, this Antarctica one... Oh. I'm not saying it's good, but to me the Antarctica one was the most compelling. Yeah, had so that far. was even that was still a bit shite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I think the, the Antarctic one is the most compelling, yeah, because it is protected by UN and it's like it's just because believable. It is something that no one's ever done. Yeah, yeah. No one, ha- you you can't say that it has been done. No one's ever gone around the Earth, north to south. Amazingly, yeah, that's never been done. So that's why it's the most compelling. I don't believe it. It's nonsense. Yeah. But just like I don't believe the people that have gone around East to West just accidentally rode in a circle. Not accidentally, but on purpose. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think this was a good bit. I, I saved it. Dr. Robotham conducted several experiments using telescopes, spirit levels, and theodolites, special precision instruments used for measuring angles in horizontal or vertical planes. By positioning them at equal heights aimed at each other successively. Wait, sorry. But the equation the for the curve. Massive. But the it's massive. The equation for it is is in science, and they took their equations from science. Yeah, but they, they, they got it. a spirit level. Yeah, but science from yeah, centuries but miles ago. Away. 
miles away. The really big spirit level. Oh, no, no, like loads of spirit levels. I don't know. Yeah, but it's always going to be, it's such a gradual curve that wherever you put a spirit level down, it's going to stay flat. Oh, oh no, not flat. The shelves would be like that. No, <laughs> not, no, 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 no. So this thing is basically, he'll set up stuff for like this amount of miles and science predicts that in that amount of miles, this amount of curve will happen. Right. Okay. So they say, okay, if that amount of curve will happen, I should be able to see my tel- go look from my telescope and I won't see the last thing because the cur- it will be under the curve by right. my, okay. the calculations. Okay. But it isn't. Yeah, because 30 miles isn't long enough. 60 miles. Oh, 60 miles, sorry, isn't, isn't long enough. I don't but, know. And also, isn't this, isn't, isn't this using... Again, isn't this like a really ancient science... Well, I mean, it's not yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Look, Let's look try the drawer. But listen to this, because it, it does get kind of interesting. <laughs> the Earth to be perfectly flat for miles without a single inch of curvature. In his most famous series of experiments, Robotham traveled to Cambridge, England, where there is a 20-mile canal called the Old Bedford, which passes in a straight line through the Fenlands, known as the Bedford Level. The water has no interruption from locks or water gates of any kind and remains stationary, making it perfectly suitable for determining whether any amount of convexity or curvature actually exists. If we were living on a ball earth, every pond, lake, marsh, canal, and other large body of standing water, each part would have to comprise a slight arc or semicircle curving no. downwards from the central summit. No, no, it wouldn't. The ball earth were truly 25,000 miles in circumference, as claimed by heliocentrists, then spherical trigonometry dictates the surface of all standing water must curve yeah, downwards an easily yeah, measurable yeah, 8 exactly, inches per yeah. mile, multiplied by the square of the distance. This means along a six-mile channel of standing water, the Earth would have to curve 16 feet 8 inches downwards from one end to the other, and or dip 6 feet on either end from the central peak, depending where the measurement is taken. Robotham tested first by standing in the water, holding a telescope 8 inches above the surface. All these tests done on the ground? You're not going to get it from on the ground. You can't just, like, go, like, ride off on your jeep, like, 60 miles, <laughs> get on your mobile and be like, did it curve? I don't know, I'm on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. Did you see me curve? Like, no. <laughs> so you drive off. <laughs> okay. Well, that one hasn't tickled your balls. But <laughs> Mate, it's tickling me. This is tickling me. It, can I just tell you, this is this is fascinating. Yeah. For because I I didn't know before tonight that there were people who care about this this much. Well, yeah, it's a fascinating fascinating insight to people's ignorance into morons. I yeah. Wait, I just don't care. Like I don't have anything invested in rounds or flat. So I'm just like, like eh. if you believe the Earth is flat. Hmm. But the, this is what he's, he seems uh, to have some sort of. He seems to have some sort of beef that the, the, the for some reason the UN are hiding that it's really flat and telling everyone it's not. Isn't he? Can he believe this though? If he wants. Sorry. Can't he believe this though? If he wants. No, of course he can. I just. Because oh, I'm going back to the belief episode. You said it's almost to believe that there are hippos flying around in space, <laughs> and it's their choice, and that's. Completely it is his fine. choice. It is his choice. It is completely fine. But he's a moron. I'm fine. Just in the same way that he would probably call me a moron for believing that there's a god. That's fair, people do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you think there's like a flat earth Christian society? Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. It'll be an American. There'll be a subsection of everything. Sorry, if you're American and... um, before you always come down American, you know be. most of our listeners are American. Yeah, I know, but they're probably... They, it's, it's because that's... there's so many Americans, on average, there's definitely going to be something happening That's what I say there. about opening a shop in America. Yeah. People say, like, oh, you couldn't open that shop in England. It's like, you're no shit, there's not enough people. There's enough people in America to open a shop of any small niche, and there'll be a, enough people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doing it. Especially in, like, LA or something. Simply put... If the Earth were constantly spinning eastward a thousand miles per hour, then airplane flight durations going eastwards versus westwards would be significantly different. If the average commercial airliner travels 500 miles per hour, it follows that westbound equatorial flights should reach their destination at approximately three times the speed as their eastbound return flight. No, 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 No. because it's gravity again. It's gravity. They're moving at the same speed because gravity... Is all gravity? All his arguments come down to that he doesn't believe in gravity. Yeah. yeah. If you throw gravity into that, it makes sense because that you're moving at the same speed as the Earth. It's not like, whoa, check out me, I'm getting a fucking yo-yo <laughs> off the Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is bizarre. It's it's bizarre. I'm disappointed that I am an idiot. Yeah, I have an answer to all these. Yeah. I want some of these to throw stuff at me that I I'm like oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a clever person, but I can argue this. So no wonder, like, if you... Recommendation of the week, if you want to follow someone interesting on Twitter, we've mentioned him before, go follow Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Because he will... Um, every now and then he gets a flat earther come at him with something, and he always just goes, bam, and, like, completely destroys their argument. Yeah. Now, that's a clever person that can tell them the real answer. It's not yeah. hard, though. Like... No, like I say, I can do it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I got, like, a C in science. Yeah. At GCSE, I'm not good at science. I don't understand science. any of it, but that's because I just no. threw it all out the door. I don't really care about gravity. I don't understand I don't, science don't at all, but what I do what I do understand is that when we look at this, my brain goes, no. Are any of us A, a great science students? No. no. I, got, mm. I think I got C. I think I got to like two Cs. That's what yeah, I got two Cs. Who do the black hole up, so. We should, uh, we should get Jack to... We always get scientists to... Throw his 10 cents. Yeah, yeah, because we don't know. But we don't need a scientist to prove this wrong, so we no. didn't get anyone in. Oh, no. fucking hell. The thing is, I wanted... I wouldn't have minded getting my friend Josh on, but he would have just trashed it to the point of, like, no return within right. three minutes. And it was just like, that isn't... Well, he episode. wouldn't have turned out. He would have no, just he would have trashed it. it yeah, he would have argued it. Like, oh, well, we didn't talk about this then. Oh, right. Okay. He's got a master in physics, astrophysics. Right, okay. So, so you, needed to, you needed to put it again towards our stumdums so he had a chance. Yeah, yeah so Flat Earth has a chance. He agrees to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in reality, however, the differences in east and westbound flight durations usually amount to a matter of minutes and nothing near what would occur on a thousand mile per hour spinning ball Earth. For example, flights eastward with the alleged spin of the ball Earth from Tokyo to L.A. take an average of 10.5 hours. Therefore, the return flights westwards against the alleged spin should take an average of 5.25 hours, but in actual fact, take an average of 11.5 hours. Also of note, if Earth were a globe, there are several flights in the southern hemisphere which would have the quickest, straightest path over the Antarctic continent, such as Santiago, Chile, to Sydney, Australia. Instead of taking the shortest, quickest route in a straight line over Antarctica, all such flights detour all manner of directions away from Antarctica instead, claiming the temperature's too cold for airplane travel. Also, also he's already said... He's already said it's a no-fly zone. Yeah. You can't go flying over. They've got, like, government bases on, on Antarctica and yeah. shit. 
Yeah, some of some well, like some secretive. Have they got government bases, or is, it the, or is it the edge of the world? Scientific research on the planet is done in the Antarctic. Yeah, watch the thing, and um, <laughs> that is a horrible film. <laughs> I watched it again recently. It's a horrible film. It is so. It's, it's way ter- grimmer it's than I remembered. It's grim and scary. Yeah, um, it but is it, a masterpiece. Uh, even if you were that. allowed to fly, you wouldn't choose to fly over somewhere so precarious and, and also, so yeah, that too. unreliable. But that's like saying, oh, you know what? If you wanted to Weather fly noise. here in America and here in America, you'd be way quicker going over Area Fifty Two. But they don't. Like, yes, yeah, no fly zone, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Antarctica could be the entrance well, to what Hollow are they Earth. Trying to hide? The edge yeah. of the earth. The edge of the earth. Well, fair enough. <laughs> That's pretty much. So what's at the edge? Or of the, the earth? entrance to the hollow earth. What's at the edge of the earth? Um, a barrier. Just that wall, that barrier, Just isn't wall. it? A barrier of like game of I've heard that in the Antarctic is the entrance to the hollow earth. Yeah, that's what I heard. There's loads of theories about Antarctic because it's a no-fly zone. Mm. Anything like that, you're just like, oh, what is it? It could be. It could be like. Garden of Eden or some shit. I read um I read a lot of Lovecraft stories and I read um The Mountains of Madness, which is one of his most famous ones recently. And that's about he's an Antarctic explorer. And then they find mountains there that are like higher than Everest. And then they find like remnants of like ancient civilizations that are like way more advanced than us and stuff. It's so it's such a cool story. What do they look for in Antarctica then? What what is the science things? Could there be know, big mountains? Doing? I mean it's a big country. There's got to be cool shit there. Like, yeah. think how big New Zealand is Maybe it's in comparison, bad. and that's really cool. Look at the fucking the sh- cool shit in there, and then like that. There's got to mm. be something there. Yay! Well, look, it's bigger than Australia. Australia is a big country. Yeah, mm. pisses all over Australia. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Right. Considering the fact that there are plenty of flights to from and over Antarctica, and NASA claims to have technology keeping them in conditions far colder and far hotter than any experienced on Earth. Such an excuse is clearly just an excuse, and these flights aren't made because they are impossible. If the Earth was a ball and Antarctica was too cold to fly over, the only logical way to fly from Sydney to Santiago would be a straight shot over the Pacific, staying in the Southern Hemisphere the entire way. Refueling could be done in New Zealand or other Southern Hemisphere destinations along the way if absolutely necessary. In actual fact, however, Santiago to Sydney flights go into the Northern Hemisphere, making stopovers at LAX and other North American airports before continuing back down to the Southern Hemisphere. Such ridiculously wayward detours make no sense on the globe, but make perfect sense and form nearly straight lines when shown on a flat Earth map. Is that true? So. Yeah, but there could be loads of reasons why that happens. It could be commercial reasons, economic, it could be... Flat Earth. No, it's not gravity's a lie. I like that he was like, this excuse is clearly an excuse. Yeah. How does the plane fly without gravity? Engine. Flying against it. Something to do with wind. Buoyancy? <laughs> We're just saying things. We're just saying things. I don't know how an aeroplane works. No, I haven't got a clue. I don't know how my mobile phone works. Like Sala said, it's magic. That's magic. If you don't know how it works, it's magic. Yeah. I don't know how Sala works. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the magic circle now. Yeah. The magic. Well done, Sala. The magic magic circle. Flat Earth. Ooh. Big magic magic circle. The magic disc. Or is it the magic globe? The most magic circle of them all. The the thing with the flight pass as well, that's all determined by... That can be so many reasons. That could be down to your staffing or like making... Should we ring them? Changing parts. Staffing. What someone that they employ lives in... 
<laughs> Europe, so they go, oh, we'll no. try this way. But they have to like work out the logistics of who they've got on different ships. And also, and they need also to, they've got to think about... Pilots can only fly for a certain amount of hours. Hmm. So if they did that journey, it would probably go over the amount of hours that he could fly for. So he has to go somewhere else. Well, where can I go? Oh, fucking nowhere. I have to go up just to stop over, change pilot. And go who down. set those hours? Common decency laws for work. Yeah. Round <laughs> Same with, like, truck drivers and right. lorry drivers. You can only drive for four hours, isn't it? Is it four hours? Round with a break, and then within a day... That's why they have two pilots, out. isn't it? So one can go off and have a nap. When I've done driving work, um, I've driven... <laughs> oh, yeah. You drove chickens, didn't you? <clears throat> I've driven chicken lorries. Um, but when you do that, well, I have to go with someone else. I don't just drive all day. We'd switch and take turns between each delivery. Mm. Yeah. Another another one squashed. Yeah. Come on, keep them coming. Uh, Batting these away. Like flies. Johannesburg, South Africa to Perth, Australia should be a straight shot over the Indian Ocean oh, with convenient refueling possibilities on Maritis or Madagascar. Yeah, that's longer than In that actual one. practice, okay, however, most that's Johannesburg great. to Perth flights curiously stop over either in Dubai, Hong Kong, or Malaysia, all of which make no sense. But so he's saying... So if, if from Johannesburg to Perth, mm-hmm. why do, where is he suggesting you stop instead? Well, he's saying that is longer than that. Is it? No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Because hmm. where, yeah, where are you could... supposed to go? Was he, was he supposed to stop in Madagascar? Or what are he... Yeah. I think, no. Again, it might be that when they think, fly yeah. to Dubai, the people that... Because you have people joining flights, don't you? Yeah, I think it's just logistically and fuel yeah. and dr- it's pilots. It's just convenient. It just everything comes together to make that make sense. It seems mad to us to look at that. Yeah, but they must say, so how can that be it. the most convenient route? Actually, they got a lot of factors to juggle, and it probably is the most convenient route. Yeah. Sorry. We just deny us. Building on Mickelson and Morley's experiment in 1913, French physicist George Sagnac again proved the existence of the ether and the stillness of Earth by using a beam splitter to send light in opposite directions around a path, recombining them, then observing their interference fringes, first while stationary, and then while rotating the entire experiment table two revolutions per second. The changes in interference patterns between the moving and non-moving trials proved that the light, and therefore the Earth, was stationary. In 1914, William Westfield wrote his geocentric classic does the Earth rotate? No. And when Gerard Hickson's masterpiece, Kings Dethroned, a history of the evolution of astronomy from the time of the Roman Empire up to the present day, was published in 1922, the heliocentric theory of the universe was on its last legs. In 1925, the Michelson-Gale experiment again vouched for a stationary Earth, and it was clear to the establishment that they needed something big to bring public opinion back their way. In 1916, a Jewish physicist named Albert Einstein had published his General Theory of Relativity, a brilliant revision of heliocentrism, which, in one philosophical swoop, abolished the ether from scientific study, replacing it with a form of relativism which allowed for heliocentrism and geocentrism to hold equal merit. Why did he mention his religion? I don't know. I don't know. Also, I was just thinking... Um... Scientists always want to be like the ones to make a big breakthrough, right? Mm. I proved this theory. I came up with this theory. I did this. Like they want to make waves. That's what it's about. Discovery. Mm. There are no modern scientists that say the flat Earth is real. 
wouldn't one of them want to prove it was real to be yeah. like the ultimate gotcha? <laughs> yeah. No, because every time they get close, they get bribed. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but every every time you get a theory, the whole the, the whole point of science is that you you progress from that theory to something else, and you keep pushing it, you keep challenging yeah. it. So, yeah, the memes. I can't believe after that. Brilliant. After that, it gets into another episode. I want to do. So, oh. I mean, yeah, there's other. No, in fact, that's it. That's literally. I mean, yeah. The one, yeah. one of them was the the most convincing. I guess was the ice wall. Yeah. Not even convincing, just interesting. Not even convincing me of anything. Just I just enjoyed liking, like, look. Yeah, it was it. interesting hearing someone else's viewpoint. Yeah, as it always is. Um, and the one about that's the curvature and perspective. Half a times the perspective and curvature, but yeah, that was quite again. I don't know if the curvature is that. I mean, I've just taken his word that it's a scientific. Then you have to be literally in a rocket to see the curvature properly. Yeah, you're not going to see it from. Can you see the curvature from a rocket though? Yeah, if you're in like like if, if, if you're going to the moon when they're in them spaceships, if they ever went, brr, mm. you can see the curvature because you can see the whole earth. You no, eventually. You, well, according to Bear Grylls. When he was on top of Everest, you, mm. you can he says you can just start to make out. Right. But if they crop the side of that picture in, then it's flat. Precisely. It's all well, from, it's B.O.B. All is going to find out soon. Are we, so this is this is all from Eric Dubay. I'd, I'd like to know who he's he is. Um, the, he's the International um, Flat Earth Research Society president. There you go. I mean, it's all, in, it's all interesting stuff. Um, well, I don't shout out because we've just stick, slagged stick, him off. Stick I, with him, mate. I found this. I laughed at his. I laughed at him so hard, I nearly passed out on the floor. Yeah, the reason I nearly wetting ourselves from laughing at the beginning, and I nearly genuinely did it. I've, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I was I was crying, laughing like loads of their memes in a row. The place. I was doing that. Yeah, I was dying. Can't breathe. I um, I found this documentary. It was sprayed to the side of a bus shower. Really? saying research flat earth it really? says watch history of flat earth it was sprayed in a bus shelter in london really? and they'd tell me about it showed me some pictures and uh, i was struggling on episode and, and and this week i just research i watched this video the other day and i was just like episode it, don't, you, do you, don't you know some flat ridiculous no you don't um, know any flat earth, sorry, not. well i don't know any flat earthers personally but my tattooist is a flat earth yeah we've said that on the show before yeah yeah but I don't really have other flat earthers. Not that I know them enough to talk to them. Like, I don't really talk Isn't to him about your, it. I can cut this if you want. Isn't one of your friends' girlfriend an ex-flat earther? No. You told me she was. She was going to try Oh, no. It wasn't actually like an ex-flat earther. She just oh, like... She looked into it. Looked into it. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. It's it's just very... It fascinates me that people think this way. And and the, the, it's there's such friction there. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't seem to... Because then... I was waiting for him to dive more into the conspiracy aspect, you know, that there's obviously a big reason why we're being told that the earth is round and it's not. I couldn't, that's what I always came up against is the reason. And Lid said to me yesterday, which kind of makes sense, is maybe the reason would be that they've taught science and they've built a model of the world and they've built everything based on this. And if that fell apart... Society yeah. itself would tear itself to That's pieces a lot of because to reprint all those textbooks. Well, you wouldn't know what was real or what was if the, if you thought the Earth was not round. I mean, what else is true or what else is a lie? If that makes sense, mm. do you know what I mean so? Just it would just fuck everything up. Yeah, kind of would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Imagine if they said tomorrow the Earth is flat. You'd be like, "Fuck, everything's a lie." I wouldn't believe it. 
Yeah, I guess that one. The way well, you didn't. <laughs> the way the yeah, he was saying it was a lie. The way these people are, like if Trump announced over flower lies, fucking. Oh, I wouldn't even now? be surprised. Yeah, I know. Um, but the way that these people are when people tell them it's round, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's what I would be if the government came out and said it's flat. I'd be like. Yeah. Um, you're not falling with that shit sort yeah, of thing exactly. you'd become like this guy realize, making a YouTube realize, video it's absolutely fascinating and I really enjoyed listening to all of that mm. yeah it's it crazy just, it's, it's it gave me a good giggle yeah honestly I haven't laughed like that in a long time so no. thanks that like um, I nearly broke your snare and planted my hair oh, I nearly broke my snare for <laughs> I'm gonna search B.O.B. on Twitter see what he's said Neil deGrasse Tyson is probably one of my favourite people to follow on Twitter. Yeah, he's great. He's, great and he's, he's, he's got really interesting stuff and then he's actually quite funny as Michio well. Michio Kaku is also on Twitter. Yeah, I follow him. Um, he's also quite good. So, who donated to the cause? Your contributions are greatly appreciated. However, I made a few alterations to the campaign by raising the original amount from 200000 to a million because I feel like a lot of people have made a lot of valid um, suggestions so I have come to the conclusion that instead of just sending one satellite or several satellites into space, I will be raising funds to try every available experiment and test, including but not limited to uh, weather balloons, drones, uh, blimps even, um, high altitude, balloons, or any type of suggestion. <laughs> Oh, it's just going to waste the money. <laughs> it's just going to waste it. A drone is not going to prove anything. No. That is such a waste of money. I can go and buy a drone if I want. It's not going to cost me a million, and that's not going to prove anything. A million pounds. I feel like this is a cash grab. I thought yeah. he was going to say... Exactly, because he could raise the money. He didn't think he was going to raise the money. He raised it, and he's like, shit, I can't prove this. Put it up to a million. Put it up to a million, something I'll never get. And if he does, it's like, and he ends up buying all his stuff, can you just like give the money to charity or something? Because that's a lot of fucking money to waste. Yeah. I feel like at that point, Neil deGrasse Tyson should come in with all the evidence, show him it, and, and then him from take the money and be like, charity. <laughs> be like, charity, mate. It, it, oh, that is what doesn't he just go to space yeah that's what I mean I yeah. thought fire him into oh, fucking I'm gonna have space. a million so you, I can go to space oh I want to send him up into space and don't forget that leave him there just <laughs> <laughs> go on the SUV that's not coming back either oh talking of SUV yeah are you wrapping up the show yeah um listeners this week we haven't announced this is the first episode where we get to announce it but they've been available now for a week already we have a merch store wah wah <laughs> It's tpublic, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com slash user slash W-T-A-T-U. Or you can go on weirdtales and the unexplainable dot com and there's a little pink merch button that says W-T-A-T-U merch. Click on it. We've got a little shop. We've got t-shirts. Mm-hmm. We've got... Uh, stickers. Stickers, mugs, all sorts. Mm. Have a look on there. I will give some... Like, we have had some emails from English... Listeners who have said, why have you opened a US store? Like most of our listeners are in the US. This is a fulfillment company that has good quality products that delivers everywhere in the world. So they do everything we need them to. Hmm. That's why. So the shipping may be a little bit pricey if you're in the UK, but it's not that much. It's only pricey if you're buying. I had to explain this to a lot of people, so I'm trying to get this on the show. They deliver their stuff in different shipments. So if you buy T-shirts, they all ship together. If you buy T-shirts and mugs, they that's two shipments. 
So if you want to bring it down, just buy one type of thing. Because if you buy a t-shirt, it's like $7 shipping to the UK. Mm. If you bought a t-shirt and a mug, it's like $24 mm. shipping. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. But if you bought like three t-shirts, it's still only $7 because it's they're, they're, they're different it's products from different shipping companies. Mm. So if you just want t-shirts or you just want stickers or you just want that, the shipping isn't too bad. It's when you're trying to buy everything, it gets expensive. So just, just lim- limit yourself. Don't buy that mug. Buy an extra t-shirt instead. Buy a mug this month, next month, buy a t-shirt. Exactly. I haven't even bought a mug because I couldn't afford the shipping. <laughs> they do look cool, though. Yeah, I'm, I do like I'm going to get a mug, I think. Yeah, they do And look cool. a t-shirt. Mm. Um, so yeah go on there what we've got we've always got the classic Weird Tales logo designs you can buy that that's always available and then we have four different colours of rubs designs two ravey bright neon colours if you want more two normal ones and then we've also got a limited edition SUV to Mars t-shirt that's going to be around for about three months before it gets replaced with a new one we're going to keep rotating these limited edition designs so there's always going to be something fresh in there uh, a few times a year sounds good yeah Um, and the usual stuff yeah Email, we're telling, uh, what is it? <laughs> Unexplainableuk at mail.com. Contact us. Um, oh, listener of the week. Uh-huh. I thought I'd made this guy listener of the week already. Because right. he's such a regular and always in contact. It's not um, Anthony Anderson, is it? No, it's not Anthony Anderson. Even though Anthony Anderson sent us a goodie box. Yeah. Right, so thanks, Anthony. Yeah. Um, it's Scott Cameron, who pops up on our Facebook and he sent us emails a lot. But he was the first person to jump on to buy my merch. When I put the merch up nice. there, he was, boom, in there straight He's away. Well, before me? Probably not, because you knew it was available before anyway. <laughs> but you're not listening to the week. So Scott Cameron, listen of the week. Listen of the week. Thanks for supporting I didn't realise that Scott hadn't been no, listening week before. Oh, well. If he has, he gets it again. But I went back yesterday and listened to the last five minutes of every weird tale since we started doing Listener of the Week to make a note of all the people that we've made Listener of the Week. Yeah, Amazing. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because otherwise that is going to get... You know, forget. Um, also, quickly... Uh, da, 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 da. Superstitions. Feedback on the Superstitions episode. Mm-hmm. We asked people to send us in their uh, superstitions from all around the world. Have we got some? We got some. Awesome. So Lotta sent in... In Sweden, don't put your keys on the table. That's okay. a superstition. Really? Yeah. Do we know why? Was I don't know why, but isn't that weird? Because in England, That's you come you in, you slap your keys on the table, <laughs> you slap your wallet, you go yeah. down the pub, you slap it on the table, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Slap. <laughs> slap it. Um, you go down the pub, you slap it all on the table. <laughs> slap it all on the table. Slappy wow. Flob it out. Everyone in the UK knows what I'm on about. Uh, Jeff said, in Scotland, don't put your shoes on the bed. It's a similar idea to putting on the table, but in okay. Scotland it's a bed. Oh. Um, I suppose it just makes you duvet messy anyway. This is a good one. Lauren said, um, this is probably Italian, she thinks. If you're unsuccessful in selling your home, you bury a statue in the back garden and then it's going to sell. Not if they see it. Where are you going to bury it? Where are you going to get a statue to bury it? Not if they see like the nose hanging out. She was, That's like she was plant some gold in your garden. This was going to be a big, like, churned up garden. I yeah. Uh, she also was surprised that we didn't mention, and I'm like, uh, she's from America. I don't think you understand, like, this is not a big deal to us in the UK. She said, I'm surprised you didn't mention the UK superstition of if a beef eater releases a raven and it doesn't come back, it's bad luck. Oh, yeah, I've, I, that's... I've heard of it, but it's not a mm, big deal. It's not something I know about. Yeah, it's not like a popular... Beef eaters are now, they're just basically tour guides, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. They don't really do anything. And the last one we got sent, and this is from the person we made yeah, listener you, of the Lauren. week last week, who we pronounced her name wrong. 
she you, sent us the fin- she sent one. us the phonot phonot was it phonetical phonetical pronunciation of her name. So I want you to say it. Oh okay. Oh great, thanks. Adriana. Uh, okay. Oh okay. I've just seen it. it's her her whole name. Okay. Adriana Gagni. Okay. Yeah, I called her Adriana Gagne. Oh, did you? Yeah, Gagne West. And she found it really funny. Adriana uh, Gagni. But it's Adriana. Oh, Adriana. I guess on uh, See, Adriana uh, Gagne. Yeah. That's it. We got it right. Just say we got it right. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, she says she's got a load. Crossing knives would aggravate the dead. Really. Whistling will wake the dead. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I knew that from some... Where did I know that from? And being under tables and chairs will make you stop growing. Being at tables and chairs? Being underneath them. Oh, under them. Yeah. That's interesting. Anyway, thanks for your superstitions, guys. We really appreciate that. And also a shout-out to Victoria, who said that in Norway, tis means uh, urine. Yeah. yeah. So sounds like now. sounds like piss in this Adam, country. Adam Pissington. Adam Pissington, yeah. yeah. I've been called that many a times. <laughs> I know, by me. <laughs> Just now. We done? Um... And also, Weirdtales and TheUnexplainedWorld.com already said it. Go on there for everything. Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Buy our merchandise. Do everything. Blah, 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 blah. Perfect. You know it all. I don't know any puns, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Where's your gravity now? Uh, Goodbye. Have a good flat time. Gravity's still a lie. Shakespeare still isn't real, so... See ya. See you later. What downbeat end? Oh, that was dreadful. So downbeat. Uh, Really dying. Well, the earth's round, isn't it? So just get used to it. It's not flat. So now we've come to the end of the episode. I've decided to just chuck in a couple of clips uh, that I found on YouTube of Neil deGrasse Tyson, who we mentioned in the show, talking a little bit about Flat Earth. Uh, The first one, he just makes a few comments about Flat Earth. The second clip after that is him responding to B.O.B., dissing him in a track after they had a little bit of beef on Twitter about Flat Earth. The Earth is flat. Have you heard the Flat Earther people that believe the Earth is flat? This is a deep failure of our educational system. Thank you. I've stopped chasing after people with those belief systems because I don't see the point. That there's something deeper going on in our society that somehow enables people to believe they're making cogent arguments and they're not. (laughs) They're not. And so, so, you know why I think it is? The way we teach science is you're just some empty vessel and we pour the science into you and then you regurgitate it on an exam. Right. Whereas science is a way of thinking. It's a way of understanding and probing the operations of nature. You get enough pieces to then add your own curiosity and innovative, and, and that's how you proceed. That's how you, that's how you proceed. But you need to know what. So I, I to the point where I wrote an op-ed a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, titled "What Science Is and How and Why It Works." It's on my Facebook page. Just just put that title in Google. You'll find it. And I try to show people that science is a way of understanding. And right. you can't just pull stuff out of your ass and claim that it's science. <laughs> that it's science. Because you, you throw some science words behind it. Here's the thing. We live in a free country. I will never want to legislate what people think. Mm-hmm. You can think the craziest thoughts you want. They do. You should just never 
be responsible for creating legislation right. <laughs> that affect the rest of society. Legislation should be based on objective truths, not on some belief system you happen to have for yourself that others are in conflict with. So go ahead, think that. But if you try to then influence others, you're actually being, being irresponsible and you are destabilizing the foundations of an informed democracy. Absolutely. All right, listen, B.O.B., once and for all. The Earth looks flat because, one, you're not far enough away at your size. Two, your, your size isn't large enough relative to Earth to notice any curvature at all. It's a fundamental fact of calculus and non-Euclidean geometry. Small sections of large curved surfaces will always look flat to little creatures that crawl upon it. But this, but this whole thing, it's just a symptom of a larger problem. There's a growing anti-intellectual strain in this country. That many, that it may be the beginning of the end of our informed democracy. <laughs> of course, in a free society, you can and should think whatever you want. And if you want to think the world is flat, go right ahead. But if you think the world is flat and you have influence over others, as would successful rappers or even presidential candidates, then being wrong becomes being harmful to the health, the wealth, and the security of our citizenry. Discovery and exploration got us out of the caves, and each generation benefits from what previous generations have learned. Isaac Newton, my man, said, I have, if I have seen farther than others, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. I get an amen. Woo. So that's right, B.O.B. When you stand on the shoulders of those who came before, you might just see far enough to realize the Earth isn't flat. And by the way, this is called gravity. Just laughing at the dead silence. I feel like we need to retire the puns, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like we ever started them. We've done like three puns ever. We should just be like, see you later. Yeah, we need a new sign off. Weird, you later. <laughs> see ya. Weird. <laughs> Until next time. Flat Earth. No, know. we need a new sign off. Okay. Uh, until next time. expression that's a facial expression they can't they can't hear that until next time keep those dice rolling until next time I hope you really enjoyed the show lots of love Bob Beef and Tess cool Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.